0: This episode of The Great Equalizer is brought to you by The Lego Group in celebration of their reimagined Lego Friends range.
1: The 2023 Lego Friends universe includes characters with a wide variety of skin tones, cultural backgrounds, different abilities, and neurodiversity, all with authentic personalities and relationship scenarios review our website and show notes for more on the latest lego
0: friends set with links to a lego friends tv special currently streaming on the lego youtube channel
1: This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in the 2020s. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the
0: ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges.
1: On this episode of The Great Equalizer... Sam does a thing,
0: (laughs) Charlene weathers a poo storm,
1: and we chat about the importance of building multicultural friendships in a multicultural country with parents, author and social worker Joey Dlamini. Hello. Hello and hello. To you. (laughs) We have another in studio guest, and I'm liking this vibe, Charlene. Yes, yes. (laughs) Three's not a crowd. Three's not a crowd. We have the best (laughs) chats. Hey? The the more the merrier, I think. Ty, what do you reckon? The more the merrier. The more the merrier, yes. (laughs) Charlene, we are now. We are in it. We it's February. And in my books. February means the start of the new year. January (laughs) is just a a trial run. January is that like pancake, that the first pancake of the batch. That flops, yes, (laughs) yes. Now we are. Happy New Year. Can you say that? Can you, can we, can we say? I 100% think we can still (laughs) say that. If
0: your New Year has gotten off to a good start or a bad start, we are wishing you a Happy New Year. Yes. And (laughs) let's be happy. We have another year. (laughs) Good luck. And Godspeed. (laughs) May the fittest man or the strongest (laughs) man win.
1: (laughs) Helping us navigate this new entree into a new phase of parenting. Another year. (laughs) Another one down. Helping us navigate the shit show is Joey Dlamini. As I mentioned, Joey, welcome to The Great Equalizer.
2: Hi, how are you? We're good.
1: You know, we soldier on.
0: Yes. We (laughs) could...
1: I could sit here and complain or I could say, you know what, against all odds, we sit here as moms with sleepless nights and <laughs> trafficked situations and whatever you weathered this morning. We're here and we're talking about the things that are important. So yes. Let me focus on that. It's, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to look, I'd like to give our audience some insight into who you are. Yes. Into what you're doing. So... If I may, yes. Let us read your credentials. This is the best part, I think, for guests on the show. Yes, I want to be a guest on a show. So it can happen to me. <laughs> Sit back, relax. Let us read your creden- credentials. Let us wash these compliments over you, okay?
0: Hey? <laughs> Unless, of course, you're a person who hates hearing about yourself. No, then.
2: no. <laughs> it's a new year. We are just receiving it. Yes, receiving, receive.
0: receiving. <laughs> so without further ado, folks, this year lady is a qualified social worker, an author, and a mom of three who has made it her mission to prepare and equip families for the changing world.
1: Yep, this self Proclaimed. Imperfect parents, I love it, guides (laughs) families as they navigate tricky new dynamics. Uh, You also assist teens and tweens in discovering their purpose while they are young.
0: Joey has also written a book called The Teen Top 25, Foundational Life Lessons for a Thriving Journey to Adulthood. But you are very much a human. And no doubt, have your ups and downs. So join us in our first segment, Joey. How are you? How are you really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me interrupt you here. (laughs) Essentially, we're putting you in the parenting hot seat, right? You take off your professional hat. All right? Let it all out, yeah, sister. (laughs) (laughs) No judges here. (laughs) No judges. Complete the sentence. Joey
2: is a bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. but getting there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I like well, I mean, I guess it's to be expected You've yeah. got three kids, it's a new school year You're juggling a number of career things So overwhelmed is to be expected
2: Yeah, and my daughter just started daycare yesterday oh. So she's been so angry with us She was <laughs> even telling her auntie that Mummy and daddy are not big mom and daddy anymore so that literally means that we are not doing the things oh. because she wanted to go back to daycare and we we're still looking for one. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> ah. so I was like, no, we are disappointing her. Oh you my know, gosh. You are not the big people. You are not doing the You're things. You're not doing
0: your job correctly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, these kids can cut you down to size, hey? And
2: she's only four.
0: Imagine. Yes, when they I, really I
2: didn't even know that. I wouldn't even say that.
0: How do you know what my job Entails much less to
1: correct me on it. <laughs> 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 so, Joe, you've got a four-year-old
2: yes. little girl, nine-year-old boy, and a fifteen-year-old boy wow. who's going to thirty-five. Oh, really? Like
1: Fifteen going on thirty-five. Yeah. I feel like firstborns are like that, though.
2: Yeah. Maybe and it's I'm a generalization, firstborn. but yeah. you also seem like an old soul, very wise, and very. It's very annoying sometimes <laughs> because he's like his mini me. And he explains, you know. I always joke that the girls for this generation, they are not going to complain about men don't talk. Because (laughs) this generation of boys they talk They they talk about their emotions. They they explain and explain. Be careful like, what
0: you wish for, hey? We wanted men who are in touch right. with their emotions. And
2: now <laughs> they amazing. are here. Yeah. Hey. Yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> well, I believe some kudos is due to you because that is definitely a result of... That's got to be a
0: reflection on yeah. your parenting. Thank, Thank you.
1: parenting. Well done. Thank you so much. So you've written a book. Yes. You are a qualified social worker. Yes. You are also founder of Be Accentuated. Can you tell us more about that?
2: Uh, Be Accentuated, it's my passion project. So after I graduated with my social work degree, I discovered, and it's so shocking, that there are no positions for social workers in South Africa with all the social issues that we have.
1: And might I add, I think we are... 60,000 social workers short in the system. But for some, (laughs) yeah,
2: but there are graduates out there who are not employed like uh, five or ten years later, they are still struggling. So I've got a nine to five where I'm working differently from what I went to school for, which is fine. I always say that it is funding my passion Mm projects, so it works. So I realized that I was either going to let my degree go to waste and continue complaining, or I can use the skills that I have. And growing up, I've always been that child who wanted to do different things. I was always organizing something. And I remember that there was a time I said I wanted to be a social worker, but I did not have the resources when I went to school. So that's where Be Accentuated come from. A need for me to create a safe space for kids around Deeploof and Soweto, where they can come, both girls and boys, where they can come and learn from each other and destroy some of the stereotypes and myths that are keeping them away from each other, that are making them compete instead of complementing one another. So mm. that is what I'm trying to do with the accentuated.
1: I love it. Well, we are gonna put our listeners mm. in touch with all of your platforms, Thank your you. website. So. Head on over to the show notes if you're interested now be sure to give Joey a follow and be accentuated it's another uh, p- profile I follow on on Instagram and of course your website but we're not done with you yet. <laughs> we are not done with you um Charlene, you need to tell us how how you are you are weathering a poo storm
0: <laughs> well you know what yesterday at 12 o'clock if i had to say what i was going through it would have looked very w- different however as of 3 p.m yesterday um my daughter started uh, vomiting and severely having severe diarrhea it like i messaged Sam. i was like it is coming out of this kid like lava sure. she is so small i cannot believe it's such a tiny body can have so much vomit and poo coming out of her. And so I was like, I had a bit, I've heard that there's this thing doing the rounds. And so I had, uh, I had it, not it. I did not have this level of it (laughs) last week. If I just look at her, maybe it seems worse because she's tiny and she's my baby, you know. But I was like, I felt like proper sick last week with an unhappy stomach. Um, Some vomiting, but once or twice and it was done. This kid, and it was like, this she was like, Mommy, my stomach's cramping, and within 20 minutes, it was all a mess. So I thought we could just manage it with a bit of over the counter meds, but a long, uh, almost vomiting uh, stint on everyone in the disc game. Um, after then managing to clean ourselves up in the parking lot and then emergency running into the spa yelling at the owner do you have a toilet for my child I felt like looking back I had this (laughs) outer body experience as though my daughter was like shot and I have this like I need a doctor kind of thing (laughs) he was horrified this poor man sure ma'am come I'll lead you to I'll lead the way and he took me to this out the back door of the spa into like luckily clean well-kept toilets and there we were for the next hour just like then sitting then bent over the toilet then sitting then bent over the toilet And people came in and out of this cubicle. The conversations that we were having in this cubicle was just... I was going through the most, let me just say. She was crying. I was crying. I was comforting. Then she was missing her teacher. Then it went from, I'm so glad you're my mommy. To, I wish I wish Jesus just made some things easier. To, to, I wish you had a magic wand so you could make this stop. But we're not in Disneyland. It was... (laughs) We went through the most uh, in this little time. uh, And so we ended up at the doctor last night. She either, either has E. coli. Dysentery or just straightforward gastroenteritis, interri- or whatever the term is. They don't know. Of the
1: worst kind. Of the
0: worst kind. And so I did not sleep last night. Um, she's at home. My husband cancelled all his appointments, so I could be here today. So I've weathered a poo storm.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, to both of you. <laughs> I'm just... My story is not as much of a shit show. I'm sorry. Well I don't done. think so. I don't think so. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, know. I
1: did not get rained on this morning. This morning was. This morning was tough, but I braved it. I literally braved the storm for my kids. I had to park two blocks away from my kids' new school and carry am my two year old, who was um, sleeping. I mean, he, he's, it's been a t- tough transition for him, which I felt bad because I, didn't, I was worried about my eldest, Elijah, yeah. um, transitioning to a new school, not thinking how much it would impact my youngest to be in the car for almost an hour before he oh. got dropped off at his school mm. and waking up two hours earlier. And he has been so tough. If you think about your firstborn at that age, you're like, yes. he didn't have to go through any yeah. of this. Yeah. The second one, he just like, oh, we're we getting in the car now? Okay, we, we're, this is what we're doing. And he's cheerful. And But his teacher sent me a message a couple of weeks back and said, Noah's tired like two hours before nighttime uh, and grumpy he's up early and I'm just like what I'm must s- I do I'm sorry it's a transition and they go t- like yeah. a, a stickler for routine at bedtime I'm, I'm doing my best and I'm doing it alone they're going traveling. To bed early I'm doing the things I'm trying you know I'm trying you feel like someone's criticizing you and I had to keep reminding myself this teacher's a mom Yeah, she needs to check in she needs to ask what time mm. Noah goes mm-hmm. to bed mm-hmm. I cannot take it personally so I'm working on myself yeah. But not
0: putting your kid to bed on time is not the or not getting waking, not putting your kid on to bed on time and waking him up early is not the thing that you did.
1: It's not it? the thing. No. The thing What's that the I, thing I did. That so long time listeners, well, even if as as you know, recently if you've started listening and, and watching the Great Equalizer, you will know from September that I had to tell my child, We do not have pets because I'm not a farmer. <laughs> I am a writer. I write and Daddy's in film, and I'm not a farmer. His friend Charlie owns many animals and at 1.0 and I owned 0 at the time and I had to explain to him you'll you guys will know this by our other people's kids episode um <laughs> that eventually I just lost my you know wits and said Composer. you know what Charlie's parents are farmers they're not <laughs> But I said that they're farmers. And that's why they have so many animals. Anyways, this kid has been pining for a dog. It has been a year in the making. It's
0: been more than a year it's in been, the making. It has
1: been more than. We actually promised him one for his fifth birthday when he would be responsible enough to pick up who, help feed the dog, care for the dog, etc. And this week it happened. Uh, my I husband's been away for a month. To hear
0: about the poop pickups. <laughs> oh, this is going to be beautiful. My, my
1: husband's been away for a month. He was back the weekend. And when you adopt a dog, especially, it's advisable to have the whole family there. So yeah. we had to like pull the trigger this weekend. And um, we were going. I had explained to Elijah. I would set up exa- his expectations. I said, we're going to go and see if we make a match. If we don't. This is a new no. member of our family. And we need to make the right choice. We mm. cannot bring the wrong dog home. This dog will be heartbroken if we've got to take it back. because It also it, needs it doesn't, to choose us. Yeah. It needs to choose us, exactly. Well, we matched with the dog that ticked all the boxes. So welcome, Zara, to Team TGE, to the Herb's household.
0: Hey, Zara. <laughs> our next photo shoot's got to include Zara. Um, it just yeah. got it.
1: <laughs> so we got a dog. I did a thing. And, you know, I... As hard as it's been, especially alone, to kind of make this transition a top additional transitions, I cannot deny the joy that it's brought. My yeah. kids pets just bring a whole nother level of happy to your house.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and particularly Elijah, who's just he really is a sweet and he's a kind, sensitive soul. I think he had a dog shaped hole in his heart that has now been filled oh, oh, man. so especially after this it's been a month of school transitions where he's had to go to a different school make new friends um, which I mean it's coming right but you know it's slowly and it's not the close friends friendships yet that he had at his other school so it's it's nice for him to have a a mate, that he can offload on, you know, and and just be with when yeah. he gets home, yes. which I see is is what's been happening.
0: Also, so. he's quite an introvert as well. So making friends is not exactly. He's not the type of kid that'll be like, oh, I mean, he loves everyone. He's such a cool, kind kid, but he's quite. He keeps to himself, and I mean, that's that's sort of along the lines of what will be talking about today
1: yeah right, Sam exactly Elijah's really slow to warm up and um, so friendship has been a big theme in the house without me trying to make it overtly a thing in my home um, over the next three episodes we will be talking about friendship in partnership with Lego South Africa um, our sponsor for these three episodes and we will be chatting about various aspects of friendship
2: Remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on fans Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time, and only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are amazingly insightful and incredibly divine human beings, and a fucking delight, to be honest, we reserve a right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no
1: studies. Charlene, yes. Friendship is a beautiful thing. But when you become a parent, it gets tricky, mm. which is why Joey's here. <laughs> there can be nothing more heartbreaking for me or worrying or scary than when your child has to navigate tricky friendship dynamics, relationship dynamics. I don't, but I don't want to discount how sweet it is when they make connections yeah. and the friendship it's just right.
0: No, that I agree. Just this, like two weeks ago, I read a post by a mom on social media saying that her kid has made friends with a few kids and the, her, their parents are clicky. So because they're a group of mom friends, her kid never gets invited to, to the playdates. So I mean, there's so much more to than just your child simply meeting someone and they connect to, that they connect to. Um, so as Sam said, for the next three weeks, we're doing a deep dive into helping our children navigate friendships the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs>
1: So, Joey, we're just really pleased to have you here to help us, to hold our hands and guide us. (laughs) We're
0: always, I mean, we've always, even as moms, we, when we became became moms, this podcast started because we were like, we don't feel like we fit. Yeah. You know, not not necessarily because people are clicky, just we were going through things that other moms were going through and we were like, This isn't nice when other moms were like, I'm so blessed, my baby's so good, I'm so grateful. We were grateful, but it also sucked, you know. And so this podcast started kind of as a spin-off of those emotions because we wanted to create a friendship a space for friends, people to sit at our table, to even if we don't know them, to listen in and be like, these are my friends because yeah. I feel that too,
1: and I feel less isolated. Mm. So, I mean, it's one thing when our kids are, are babies, right? Then we're dealing with those cliquey dynamics between moms, which mm. is a whole other thing. Like the mommy wars, whether they truly exist or not, is a whole other thing to navigate. Yes. But it has to deal with friendships, and when you become a mom, it's infinitely more difficult to become a to to make new friends. You're making friends now for the
0: sake of your child as well. So you would normally choose your friends and be like, I vibe with this person, that's lacquer.
1: But you have to develop a relationship with
0: someone because your child has
1: vibed with their child. But so now bring in when your child starts making friends. So small children, we know this, they do side-by-side play, right? So at what, till age three, I think, when Joey does... That change. When do little people, foundation phase and going into the early grades, you know, so ECD, foundation phase, when do they start moving on from
2: um, side-by-side play like, and really like forming close relationships? Okay, so it can start from the age of five years and it depends on the child, you know, because some kids... As you we were talking about your son, my eldest, the teenager, he's the same. He takes time to make friends. While his brother, he's very quick. Even the sister, she'll be like, oh, mommy, I have a friend. She went to college yesterday. Already she has friends. Mm. So from the age of five years going up, that's where the kids now feel a deeper need to have my friend, my special friend, the one, I know their name, I want to go and play with them, I want to go to their parties and all these things. Mm. But before fr- before that period, most of them are just like, they're interested in their own world, but slowly starting to see that, okay, there's someone next to me.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: from five years old, but also it will depend on the personality of the child. If they're an introvert, they can take longer. Mm.
1: So it becomes almost a dig, almost like a deep insult. Um, I've found it among Elijah and his his friends. You're not my friend anymore. Yeah. Or today so-and-so was my friend, mm. but tomorrow they're not. So the friendships seem fickle, but I definitely saw from age four going into five exactly what you say with Elijah. Mm. It's that person wasn't kind to me. They're not my friend today. <laughs> tomorrow they'll be. they might be my friend again, but they didn't make me feel nice, you know. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it realistic to form an expectation that your, friend, that your kids are going to form really solid
2: friendships now? no I think and also for us as parents we always need to remember that kids don't see things like us the way you are saying they can fight today and tomorrow they are besties they forgot about it but with us as parents we are holding on to the grudge that oh you did not invite my son you were mean (coughs) to how dare you be mean to my special snowflake you know (laughs) know, your
0: mother should be teaching you better exactly
2: (laughs) but for your child it's like you are overreacting so we need to understand when dealing with kids friendship that we should not take it so personally Mm. Mm. because I think that's the issue because you as the parents you get personally hurt you take the grudge you Mm. take the head, and then now your child must deal with your emotions Mm. on top of of their emotions so we need to lower our expectations Mm. they are still finding their way even for us as adults most of us are still finding our ways Mm. so why are we expecting our kids at the age of five or six or seven to form long friendships especially in our current world Mm. things have changed they've got more options they are friends who are they are playing with online they are friends they are meeting so the dynamics have changed and we need to take that into account
1: also, I mean, I've got a confession to my <laughs> Over the weekend, we were at a party, and I got to think of name alternatives. Yeah, so I don't reveal my car, all my cards. No, so I don't um, compromise somebody else's Who safety. Who hasn't consented <laughs> to being discussed on a public forum. There's a little boy in Elijah's old, old school. So we were at a, a party of one of Elijah's really close friends from his previous school. And they were all, you know, Elijah only very recently got used to being on a jumping castle and rough and tumbling with the other boys. He would normally step away from that and he was enjoying the rough and tumble, but there's one particular boy, let's call him Justin, who we know this, all the parents know it, the teachers know it. He struggled to really fit in. Um, You know, could be that he's on the spectrum, could be that he just really is a lot more introverted, but really, and would lash out at the, at the other kids. I don't know the full story because it really never impacted us as much as it perhaps did, um, you know, the boy himself or some of the other kids.
0: Also there's years say amongst and say. parents. And no. exactly. So, ooh, you know, so and nah, nah,
1: nah, nah. What I'm, What i essentially what I'm trying to say is Justin was never on my radar. Just another kid. He was just another kid, Elijah and I, and he were never really close. But he was at the party and Elijah came running up to me. Sam, Sam, um, Justin is is doing this. Justin is 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 lashing out and hitting me, and Justin. So I was just like, okay, and you know, maybe move away from him if he's doing that. And as we try, as parents, like, I don't mm. know what you want. I can't go and shout at another child. Or another child. And his parents. mom is watching him, so I don't know. It's not what my you want jurisdiction. Do, yes. No. I said, you know, you gotta manage it. You gotta manage these these dynamics, and I I can't help you if you don't like what he's doing. Use your voice, use your words, and tell him, Justin, I don't like this. Please stop hitting me. Please stop. Eventually, Elijah was nagging at me, and I was just like, okay, let me let me see what's happening at the, and I went up to the jumping castle, and Justin was standing in front of me, and I said, Justin, what's what's happening? Elijah says that you're hitting him, so I did end up have having an altercation with the child look i i was very gentle about it and i was just like oh, and in front of elijah as well so that if elijah's lying justin can also be like ah, ah but elijah was hitting mm. me like i do with my boys when they yes. fight justin was just like shell shocked i'm very sure his mom was watching me you know kind of confront his child oh, wow. and, and I, w- I really was trying to be you know justin what what is happening here what's what exactly? And then I see Elijah, while his mom's dealing with it, Elijah starts rough and tumbling with one of the other kids and they're hitting each other, but in a playful way. So I had to be like, okay, my kid played me. The other kids, including Elijah, are rough and tumbling with one another and hitting each other. Justin joins in and hits and Elijah comes, Justin hit me. But you guys are all hitting each other as part Yeah, of so the where game. do we draw the line? So I was like, I feel like a damn fool. I spoke to <laughs> spoke to Elijah about it, but that was that's my like mom confession for today in dealing with friendship. I was like, okay. This kid is left out by my child included and I'm really not on top of how to deal with kids no, social okay. dynamics. <laughs> how do
0: you how do you handle that?
2: You go on helping your child, but it's difficult, man. I think for me I I I'll recommend talking to the parent. That's the safest way. Okay. Because you don't know how someone is going to react to you speaking to their child. But if the parent is not there, obviously you will have to intervene. But if the parent go and say and make it a joke like, Oh, you know these kids and they are busy playing, now they want me to be their judge. <laughs> oh yeah. Know? I don't yeah. know what's going on,
1: yeah, they're each other. Yeah, and then let
2: her. the parent and I think especially with boys as much as I don't like saying it because they do like playing like that
1: and I, I don't condone it. Yeah, Ooh. and uh, for yeah.
2: me I with my eldest I remember saying to him and his friends because they will make these jokes that are not nice and I said to him guys why can't you find a better way of playing because the issue is that Someone is going to get hurt, someone is going to get angry. The next thing you'll be fighting, so I think it's also an issue of us as parents teaching our boys that you can do differently, you can fight differently. It does not mean that if you want to have fun, you must be hitting each other because the reality is that someone will end up crying. Mm. Yes, it's going to be okay until until
0: someone because how do you set a boundary exactly? Exactly. (coughs) So I
2: think it's us now teaching them different ways of playing which mm. takes more effort.
1: Oh, gosh. You
2: yeah. <laughs> don't think That's you're going to go to a party and your kids are
1: old now and you can sit back and have a glass of wine while they play.
2: You're still refereeing. No, you're, you're, you're
1: still you're watching. You're forever like refereeing, yeah. Oh, it's so... I mean, that was my mom... My mom fashion. <laughs> my mom-confession. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was embarrassed after that. I was just like, okay, my kid's at fault here as well. And these kids all shouldn't be hitting. And now I... Spoke to her child, and maybe I shouldn't have spoken to him because he doesn't know who I am. Mm-hmm. So, I look inclusivity has always been a big thing for us in this podcast. We, I mean, as Charlene mentioned, we have always tried among mothers to like let let no mom, let no one mom feel left out. Now that our kids are becoming little people in the world, same goes actually for them. Even know? if a kid is is historically
0: mean. Uh, Because the kids talk, they're like, this is the naughtiest boy in the class. Everybody knows. Mm, Because so and so is always mean. It's been difficult for me to, to to navigate that because, firstly, I don't want my kids to get in the habit of judging other kids. So the first thing I try and do is explain to them, listen, I get it. Meanness is not nice, and we try and not be mean to others. But we don't know the reasons why this child is mean. They might be sad. They might mm-hmm. be having a bad day. I'm not excusing mean behavior, but from our perspective is what I try and tell my kids is, We don't know the full story. So let's not label someone as the naughtiest kid or the meanest kid. Try and be kind to them. I'm not saying seek out a friendship with them, but the least you can do is just not name call them and do not stand on a united front with all the other kids and say, that's the mean boy, we're not playing with them. Rather, lead by example and try to say to your friends, look, guys. Let's rather just go play over there. Maybe he's having a bad day, you know.
2: That's actually a good point. I don't know. I
0: don't know. I try (laughs) and do that. And then I'm like, am I teaching my kids to not set a boundary? And am I teaching them to accept bad behavior, you know.
2: But I think the way you are doing it, it works. Because you are telling them you don't have to accept it but you also need to to be aware that there are other forces that you might not see. So I think the issue is going to be if you are saying to them no just be kind and allow them but you are not saying that. You are saying you can remove yourself from the, from that person. You don't have to be their therapist. Yes. But you don't also have to be a bully to them just because they are a bully. Yeah. But also when I'm listening to you, this issue, it goes to us as adults mm. because kids don't know that this person is naughty. We are saying that language. The teachers are saying that. Then the kids start saying it too. Then everyone is saying it. So the issue goes up there. So yeah,
0: they hear That's where they hear it from. Yeah. Like consistently, you're naughty, you're naughty. Why are you being naughty?
2: And you know, instead of saying them. this is not
0: how we behave, no so and so, let's try do it differently. I understand. Look, I can't. Ju- I have no jurisdiction yet to talk about how teachers handle things yeah. in the classroom because there are twenty eight kids Especially. in a classroom, and I can barely deal with <laughs> two. <laughs> so let me I just you, hey? put my foot back into <laughs> my mouth.
1: So, I mean, this episode's titled "Multicultural Friendships in a Multicultural Society." That's We live in South Africa. Let's be realistic. So we've spoken about navigating um, just the fact that they're making friends now. Yes. And 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 not to mention friends
0: from like all different walks of life. Yes. So
1: let's get, I mean, I really want to get stuck into the importance of particular, look, worldwide. If we lived in Scandinavia, I'd be like, no matter who is in your class and, and um, you know, considering who the minority is or who the marginalized is, we are game for multicultural, diverse friendships, right? We can learn so much. So, but particularly in South Africa. Yeah. Let's, let really, I want to get into the nitty gritty and I want to start off with another. This isn't a confession, but it is a story because it's made, and I've thought about this so much because it happened to me when I was six, which is how old Elijah is now. It was 1993. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she was six in 1993.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: It was 1993. We're on the cusp of the new South Africa. It must have been communicated to me. You know, the, the PR language at the time was, we are becoming a Rambo Nation. Yeah, This is very exciting. We you know, are going to be an all inclusive, just beautiful rainbow nation, you know, um the new South Africa. That that was that, that had stuck for me. And so I was in a nursery school. Um we didn't have grade R or grade north or anything at the time. I was in a nursery school and now and it sounds crazy and like shameful to say, but now is when black colored Indian children, children of colour could go to former Model C and mm. and former white schools. So for, you know, overseas listeners, this might sound bizarre to you, but that was in our lifetime. Yeah. I was so older
0: when all of this was going on, so, so I heard all of that experience PR experience must have been d-
1: super different. The
0: dialogue around me was very different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean this was happening and we had one little black girl that came in um the only black child in the school her name was Nyasha and i I'm like you
0: imagine what that can kid think is. i'm thinking Master, about can you imagine like, yeah. i'm like sure.
1: oh my god can you imagine so it was a, it was really a seminal moment for me just in terms of making friends and in terms of who i am and it's really not a bragging kind of savior sh- saviorist point of view so i hope it doesn't come across that way but it must have been communicated to me that we in the the new South Africa. And I had a, a particular friend, uh, Charmaine. And she said, well, I'm not playing with you if Nasha plays with you. And I remember standing up to her and saying, well, then I'm not playing with you because this is the new South Africa. Oh my oh. god
2: <laughs>
0: You know what? That is actually the sweetest story knowing yeah. you as a person because Sam just wants to be everyone's friend. Oh, Even I now see. as an adult. so he, People will be so mean to her. And she's not good at setting boundaries. And she'll just be like, it's okay. I'll go back for more. I want to be your friend.
1: Come, sit at my table. That is so sad. <laughs> While this, Charmaine did not play with me that day. She played with me subsequently. And my mom organized a play date between Nyasha uh, yeah, and myself. And at that stage where we were, we lived on a plot. In Centurion, so if you if anybody listening is from that area, they'll remember that Centurion was just a bunch of plots, and we lived on Jean Avenue, which is now intersected by a huge shopping centre and um, the train station. Go with train tracks go over my old home that I grew up on. So it just looks very different. And at the time, because South Africa was changing, um, a lot of that's when townhouse complexes started being built. So nobody was in. Uh, freestanding houses anymore. Everybody was... And it was Nyasha's home... In suburban areas, Was Yes. Nyasha's home was um, a townhouse in, you know, a little... In, like we know townhouses now. I mean, you know, we all live in kind of that that kind of setup. We know it and we know people who do. And I was just like, you've got the coolest house. This is so <laughs> cool. And I remember having a play date and just having a blast and that friendship dynamic. And I'm wondering... Well, I'm considering how different it is for my boy. Mm. I'm proud of how the dynamics have changed. We obviously have a long way to go. I mm. don't want to be, you know, toxically positive about, about our situation yeah. in our country. But I am, and I won't say I pride myself on it because I can do better. I'm very cognizant of how many black friends I have in my home, how diverse my friendship group is. You know, as an adult, yeah. because that filters down to my kids, yes. and so I was like, "Well, I'll be damned if I put him in like an all-white school where he only knows." And that's Joey, you and I were talking off mic about yeah. economic diversity, yes. because now I think diversity in terms of race is Expans- creeping in. Yes, we're yeah. getting we're getting there, okay? But <laughs> the and and your. I probably don't have all my ducks in a row here in terms of facts. But economically, I think the the, The divide Mm. divide is so huge. And I feel like that is equally as important for us to be teaching our kids. So let's discuss. On the back of, that is where I was in 1993 as a six-year-old. Now my child has started grade R. His class looks beautifully diverse. Beautifully. And I'm proud to say economically as well yeah there are kids from all walks of life in his in his class
0: that was a big consideration for us just also to fill you in joey is that when we chose schools even from as young as grade r for my son Mm -hmm. we had a discussion my husband and i about we don't want well firstly obviously you want to protect your child so we don't want our kid to go to a school where we're like the poorest family Okay, Mm. where he will grow up. I mean, we can get the funds together and send him to the best private school in in the country or in Johannesburg. And we can kill ourselves to make ends meet in order to pay those school fees for the rest of our days, okay? Because that is the done thing. But what will my kid be exposed to? And maybe private schooling is rather, in our family, going to be for when he's in high school. But what we did consider was, Not just economically where we are, but we want our children to go to a school where they can look at, I wear these school shoes and I have this backpack, but my friend does not even have school shoes or a backpack to put their books in. And I want them to understand that, not because I need them to check their privilege, but I want them to go to a place that looks like South Africa. I want them to have friends that look like the people they will be living amongst mm-hmm. in South Africa. And so uh, in one of our previous episodes, we were discussing the school trauma that we went through with applying for a grade one uh, mm. position in a, in a public school. And it brought me to tears because my husband said to me, our kid is going to be a better South African because he is in this school. Mm-hmm. And that, that made me feel like, content because whoever he befriends i will facilitate those relationships come hallow high water because he needs this opportunity in his life he needs this opportunity to befriend people from all walks of life
2: so i think with this one i need to share my personal experience and i think it's so interesting you know because i'm looking at the things you are considering and the things that I am considering when I'm looking for a school. So I did say that both my boys, they started a new school this year. And the reason why I took them away from the school that they were in, it was a private school, it was boys only. I felt that I wanted them to be in a space that is not going to make them feel that there's something wrong with the texture of their hair and the length of their hair. And the thing that made me finally make that decision is when my eldest, ogie he needed to cut his hair because the school was saying the length is supposed to be two centimeters and what, what. And he said to me, mom, if my hair was like the white kids, it was not going to be, be an problem. issue because it's flat. Their hair is flat. So they won't see the two Mm centimeter. Do they give a two
0: centimeter guideline for boys, Caucasian children as well?
2: They say so, but because of how his hair goes up, their hair doesn't go Go up. up. So it won't show. For him, his hair, because it's going up, it's going to show the length. And he was saying that for him, he feels it's unfair because there are other boys whose hair is longer than his. But because of their texture, it doesn't show. And I felt that, I remember we had to go to to the barber so that he can cut. He was crying. Oh, and wow. that broke me. Mm. That broke me as a parent that am I putting my child in a place that is saying that there's something wrong with him, mm. all in the name that I want a better education for him. And when I was looking at the guidelines, I did not understand that the issue of hair. Why are we even talking about yes. it? How does he? How does this how affect does my it education? Impart? Exactly, and you know, you'll always have an issue, and especially in South Africa, people will say when there is an issue about race and kids at, at their school, they chase them away, or they were talking about their afros, and black people will say, "Why are you taking them to those kids? Stay in your own schools." But the reality is that our own schools, they don't have the infrastructure and resources that we want in order for our child to compete with other kids later on. And I also have an issue with that mentality that stay in your own schools. And they and our schools.
1: Like what has become of that "Quote unquote Rainbow Nation." Net. I do feel though that
0: there's a big responsibility on the the schools that have infrastructure to be more open yes. and Come and I, I empower themselves to understand yeah. the differences. And and on that note, I I I can't relate because I have straight white person hair. Yeah, but. My heart—I felt a dagger in my heart when we went to my daughter's grade one first parents' meeting, and I told Sam the story. When one of the rules on the bu- bullet point was um, no weird hairdos, Easy. and the black parent behind me put up his arm, she—the the teacher said it—and I was like, "This, this is not happening." <laughs> Exactly. I was just like, I cannot believe this is happening. I didn't, I didn't even see who was sitting behind me. Mm. And I, you, you can feel from the back of your head. Arm went up. And the question was, may you please explain what constitutes weird hairstyles? And I was just like, good for you. And let me watch this teacher squirm. Let <laughs> me watch.
2: Exactly. And the problem is that, you know, because you end up feeling like I don't want to keep on fighting. Because no. when you're you like keep swimming on upstream, it's exhausting, and you're afraid that what if the more I'm always questioning things, what if they end up uh, it my, my child, child because, because like your mom is the one who's doing. Then mm-hmm. you also have this thought that okay, I'm the one who who took them to this school, so maybe it's my fault. Maybe I deserve this. Maybe oh I I gosh, need to, yeah. Mm. So and those are the questions that, that ask we we deal with as black and brown parents Mm -hmm. you know so the issue of diversity coming to that my son he used to have white friends when he was in primary Mm. and okay it was a norm but when he went to high school one of the friendship ended and when i was asking him he was like i think it's because mama in our previous school there were no white kids so he had no choice but to play with us. So now there are other white kids. And so she's now choosing to go to them. So this is what I want to touch on. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk
1: about this. We live in a still, still a very white patriarchal world. Yeah. Where some things are seen as good and some things are seen as bad. let I'm going to call it mm. spider spider. Yeah. Like it's, that's what is seen as, Right and proper, and what is seen as less than, which we are trying to flip the script on this mm, desperately, mm. and we need to be aware of it. Will children invariably stick to people who they know and are quote unquote comfortable with? And how is that a reflection on us as parents? So or I
0: identify with? They they feel like oh this person's like me, yeah. so mm. I
1: will. So I commented on, <coughs> on my friendship group that lacks diversity, in you know to in my esteem. I, I need more, I need to naturally and positively integrate more um, friendships with people of color, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on me as a parent. So I, I see that my kid sees that. So I'm, and I haven't pushed the issue, but I'm wondering if that impacts on our children, depending on their age, obviously. I'm wondering if that impacts on our children in terms of who are they comfortable making friends with.
2: Mm, Yeah. Okay, all
1: mommy's friends look like this. And so I must also... This is the group that I'm comfortable with in terms of the language I speak with, what I look... The language I speak, what I look like, um, you know, and and all other things that impact culturally and uh, economically and language-wise on on friendship, socially on friendship. So I don't know, does it
2: impact... It does. Do you think the... um, also, it differs in terms of the age group? It, when, especially from when they are little. Obviously, our kids are imitating us. Mm. They do what we are doing, not what we are saying. So as much as you can say to your child, you must have diverse group of friends. But if they don't see you modeling, how does it look like? They are going to do what you are doing. Mm. So it does affect them, especially when they are little. But the challenge with teenagers is that when they grow, depending on the areas and the places that they are going to, if they don't give them an opportunity to meet with diverse people, they are going to stick to to what what they they know. know, Because it's a comfortable place. And it's comfortable because the reality is that approaching someone who's very different from you it's not easy i'm just going to share with instagram i've done even most of the friends that are made that are diverse from me i made them because of social media if it was not because of social media we were not going to meet we don't go to the, the same, same places. places we don't hang we, out in the same places. exactly and even if we go to the same places we don't know each other no one is going you know as we grow, we become awkward. We become more fearful yes. and we. You become more self aware yes, and aware of your surroundings. Exactly. So I'm not going to go to a stranger and say, Hi, hey, I'm Joey. No, yes. even when we go. You see, when we go to school and there are events and whatever, parents stick to each other. Yes, it's a little click. The kids will be, usually, the kids that I end up knowing, it's because of my kids. The kids will mm. be, Oh, hi, mommy, this is my friend then that's how I will know the kids. Sometimes it's even possible for me to not meet the parents, Mm -hmm. especially if they are not going to have play dates out of school. So it will end up being that thing. So it does how we, friendship, it does affect our kids. It, It really starts there. The conversation has to be with us as adults in order for it to go down to our kids. And also how we react when your child says, Oh, I've got a friend. His name is Tiamo. What do you say? How are you reacting? Do you show interest? Do you get excited about it? And are you interested in knowing who's Tiamo? Where is his parents? And what, what? You Your kids see that. Mm. They can see that, okay, when I say to my mom, my friend is Tiamo and my friend is Daniel, the reaction is different. They want to please you. Mm. Gosh, but like
1: we're headed, rotting. I mean... We were talking about diverse friendships among our kids. Now it's just like this inherent racism that's still so applicable in you know South Africa. What? That sad. makes me so sad. I
0: was just <laughs> thinking about that. That is, That is unfortunately still the world we live in. And yeah. we cannot deny it. We cannot mm-hmm. pretend that those mm-hmm. things don't exist because yeah. we're however many gazillion years past the um, d- horrific apartheid era. <clears throat> Excuse me. But diversity in friendships in the sense of, yes, race, economics is a thing. But think about, for example, our children are in um, uh, schools where they are not necessarily children with special needs. So they're not exposed to befriending Mm, someone in a wheelchair. or befriending someone with um, uh, some type of disability, blind or deaf or whatever it is. They're not exposed to that. And I, I became acutely aware of it again over December when my uh, family was here from New Zealand and my niece, my brother's daughter, um, you wouldn't consider her a special needs individual, but she had a stroke when she was five, my daughter's current age. And as a result, um, she her motor functions are... Um, Uh, slightly debilitated she doesn't walk like uh, uh, a a person would her foot doesn't do what it should yes able-bodied person so she's not by any sense disabled she can drive a car she can do she battles with running a little bit and so because the foot is almost like Mm -hmm. a lazy Mm -hmm. foot and so when she was little um five or six years old In this country, they wouldn't allow her into a general public school or private school for that matter because the teachers were classifying her as a... a, a D- disabled child or a special needs individual and so she would have to go to a school that specializes in special needs even though she does not have cerebral palsy or anything or a learning disability or anything her one foot it's like having a lazy eye she's yeah. got like a lazy foot almost you know and my daughter was like what why is she like that is she does she need to wear nappies is she cuz i don't know if in my daughter's mind when you don't walk like I walk, you have a disability and therefore the rest of your body also Mm, doesn't work mm. like it. So we had lots of conversations around that. And I just realized that their exposure to this kind of Mm. thing is limited. Very. very. I don't have friends with with, um, children that have disabilities, and they're not very exposed to that kind of thing. We, diversity in terms of race and economic diversity, my kids are exposed to that in school, at home, we're checking the boxes there. They're getting the information they need. But by the same token, diversity in your group of friends to that nature is important. And where do they get exposure? Mm. With, with I'd be like, hey, hey, your child's in yeah. a wheelchair. Will you be my friend <laughs> kind of thing? I mean, that's insensitive as well.
2: No, and just talking about that, I've been talking to a few people about the issue of disability and how, especially for me growing up, it was hidden. It wasn't a conversation that we are supposed to have. It becomes a point of shame. Exactly. So even when kids realize that someone is different, we will want to act as if they don't see it. Yes. You know?
0: Let, let's it, not talk about it. No, yeah. no, no. Don't make a fuss. Don't stare. Don't, yes, because exactly. it's rude to because stare. Because
2: we don't want to have those conversations. And someone was actually saying that it's worse when you don't ask me. Yes. I know that I mm. look different. I know that when you see me, it's, it's not something that you see every day. So please, ask me. Come and ask me what is happening, what happened to you, what's going on. I will inform you. I will educate you. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us, we are uncomfortable with it because it's something that we were not taught growing up. Mm-hmm. And kids, you know how they are. They'll be like, why is this man acting like this? Why is it? N-? But yeah. what do we do? Our first instinct <laughs> shh, sh- sh- sh-
1: Yes. Come, come. let go. <laughs> Get yes. your child away from the person. I've had to train myself to be like, go ask the uncle. Yes. Exactly. Go ask the uncle. Okay,
2: let me ask him.
0: If you're not comfortable, would you like me to go and ask him? Yes.
2: Exactly. Because that's how we start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to the issue of race and economic... All of these things we know them, we are aware of them, but instead of talking about it, we are afraid. Yeah. And when we are afraid, it makes it worse because now I'll be sitting with my friends and busy judging other races, and you'll be sitting and busy judging instead of us actually asking and say, Joey, what is your reality? Mm.
0: How? That's a great tip because I there are a lot of things that I often don't. Understand necessarily cultural differences and i've i've friends that are close to me i can ask because i feel kind of comfortable there i'm like listen i know that's probably a stupid question but just explain to me how this works kind of thing you know um and so i think like i have a, a friend who is tamil and i've asked her lots of questions about their religion and their the their practices and how it works and why it works that way and I'm, I'm grateful that I've become comfortable in that scenario to ask those, ask those types of questions, but I think to what you're saying is the knowledge is power, it's like the yeah. education of the matter. And the truth is to just not feel awkward and ask the question, not feel inhibited that you're going to offend the person. And hopefully if you do offend them, then they can say, so that's offensive. Exactly. And you need
1: to check yourself, you know? So this bleeds into for me. We grew up going. Everybody's the same. Everybody and yes, everybody the p- feels the same pain. Everybody that's toxic though you're because we're not in, all the same. You sitting in front of me, black almost became a swear word if I were to say. So we're trying to be liberal mm, mm, and accepting mm. white as whiteies. We're so, trying to have the right language, which yeah. is so, so ridiculous. So you you end up saying I as a teenager was at a doctor's appointment and I remember saying. Well, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not African, meaning my skin color is not black, okay? And um, the doctor said, were you born in South Africa? And I was like, yeah. She said, you're, then you're African. <laughs> you are African. And I was like, damn straight, I'm African. So what was that mindset? I couldn't say, well, I'm not black because then the presumption in my sphere was that the doctor would think I was racist, which is not the case at all. So you sitting in front of me, Joe, you are a black woman, proudly, okay? Yes. I am a white woman. That is our reality. Now yeah. what are we expecting? And what were we expected as kids? Not to admit that that person looks different to you. So in very recent years, we came across this notion of that Rambo Nation that I spoke about being a PR stunt that maybe didn't serve us as South Africans. Yes, yes. Um... We 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 all seem to be under one one nation under God. Okay, now I'm moving into <laughs> <laughs> the the United we're States. We have a whole new a whole can of words. But like one nation and under this rainbow nation and everything's cool and d- don't mention, don't just don't talk about yeah, race. Yeah, like we're, like all, we're yeah. talking about
0: like you would treat someone with a disability. No, no, no. Don't just point. Just don't f- stages. we don't talk about it. This is this is what we say. So now. for 25 years
1: we yeah. haven't been talking about the color of our skin and and when our kids now, we started raising a new generation of kids, now we're like, no, kids do see color. Yes. So, so, in terms of making multicultural friendships, how would you tackle that? Kid, yes. Okay,
2: let's talk about your friend. This nonsense Chama. of
0: my kid don't see, my, we and, don't and, see and color. And parents,
2: they, they really love it. <clears throat> and I feel it's because of what you're saying, the issue of the Rainbow Nation. And people are so afraid to admit that we were wrong. It is not really. And that is why we will always have incidents of racism because we never took the time to acknowledge that this is what happened. And how do I feel about it? How do I feel about the new South Africa? Am I really okay with it? People are pretending that they are okay with it, but deep down they are not. Mm. And because they have not really worked on themselves, that is why when they get an opportunity and they get angry, their true, their real feelings get out. Then after what happens, when it happens, we will talk about it for a week. After we go back, we continue. The real issue is that, we need to go back and be honest. Mm, with ourselves. With ourselves. It's, it's hard, hard to look in the mirror. Because there are other issues that, as a, for white people, are you supposed to apologize forever? Someone will say, but I was not there. It was my parents. It was my grandparents. Then I'm going to say, yeah, but you are benefiting from what they did. So we need to have those tough conversations where we like... I don't know what to do. Even admitting that I really do not know what to do. I want to be an LA, but I don't know where to start. But saying that you do not see color is a problem. So that is not Because you have because to see me. You have you, to see my color. Yes, it's who I am. Unless
0: you cannot see, unless you have a t- seeing disability, as in I am physically blind exactly. and I read with Braille, you have to be able see color
2: and our kids talk about it it. because they do say that my daughter talks
0: about the brown kids there's uh, no not the brown kids she talks about um mommy, you know that girl with the um
2: i don't remember her name she's she's one of the ones with dark skin and and you know for us especially if you have not done the inner work you get triggered when -hmm. your child mentions color you get triggered that it's like no you are wrong you can't say that But they are not wrong. They are supposed to say. She's observing it like she observes, oh, the
0: sky is blue today. And that is how children view things. They
2: see things at face value. So we need to talk to to them. Like even the issue of economically, how are other people living? Because the reality is that there are certain, what I was saying about the school, There are certain considerations. There are certain things that are affecting me because I'm black. And they are affecting my child because he's black. You know the issue of if your child is going to be a friend with my child, are you going to allow him to come and visit my child? I was just childhood? gonna ask. You, or are we supposed to always come to the suburbs? How do play?
0: Yeah, because how are you making playdates work in your family? My son has made an, a, a new friend in his new school. In fact, he has. He is one of very few white children in the foundation phase of the school, and so he has chosen. Interestingly enough, d- to not gravitate towards the few other white children that are there, he came from a school that was predominantly Caucasian. There was there was a mix, but the percentages was yeah. heavily swayed towards white children. And so it's an it's a it's a, a, a dual medium school, and so it was founded as an Afrikaans school, which explains exactly yeah. why it is looking the way it is in terms of um, racial. And cultural diversity. And so he is in this new school now, and his best friend, as he calls him, Natty, um, and uh, he was very interested in the name as well. I've named your child now um, <laughs> on this show, but Natty has just Climbed into my heart because Jess adores his his hair as well. She's like, "Mom, Natty's hair it looks so cool. It looks like little black black knickknacks. <laughs> He's got short yeah. little dreads." She said that, and I, my heart just swelled with pride at how cutely she explained it. Cause she literally acknowledged the difference. In her brother and his friends' hair, and she finds it cool and interesting, exactly. which is exactly what this is it where we is, need
1: to be, right? Yes, doesn't it still feel a little bit like we lot to say that. Let's check ourselves And I wanted to
0: say About Natty uh, um, uh, Has asked for a play date And so I said Natty Please ask your mom To message me We've got each other's numbers Mm. I said please ask your mom To message me And so she hasn't Messaged me yet Because she is Seven months pregnant And she's on bed rest And I'm assuming She's Mm. like How am I going to make A play date work With a baby on the way And I live in Dobsonville Like I can't I can't drive How am I going to make This commute work And so I texted her in the week thinking to myself that firstly i want to check how she check in how she is and maybe she's been bogged down maybe it'll open up the opportunity for her to say listen natty wants a play date which she didn't so i'm assuming she's not ready but my next step is gonna be to text her and say hey can we come to you i know you can't drive natty has mentioned to me he wants a play date i'm happy to come to you or to come pick him up if you're not comfortable with that. And I don't know what the boundaries are, but I'm going to do that because but my kid wants a play know, date right? and Nati wants a exactly. play date.
2: And also for me, I That's would what appreciate I would do. that. That's what I, I would, would, do that. would do with Sam that. if she was on bed rest. Exactly. Because I feel like also what we're saying about taking into account economically where someone is. You know, it's it's very easy. And you know how kids are. They will just say, eh, It's my friend's birthday, mama. I want to get a gift. And then, when I'm bringing a gift, or your child is my child's birthday first, then you buy him a gift. That is very expensive. Then, now the expectation. Even if you didn't say it, the expectation now is on me that, okay, when it's your son's birthday... I, I can't be
0: coming there with something of a lesser value. You see?
2: so And that needs us as parents to communicate mm-hmm. because usually with these kids' friendships that are not friendships that come from us as parents being friends first, they, we need to have open conversations because it's not, it's not fair for us to talk through kids who don't know about money or don't understand the the logistics and Mm. all these things. So we need to create that space that allows us as parents to communicate that, okay, this is what our kids are saying. What do you say? How do you feel about it? Instead of uh, letting the other mom feel like I have to catch up Mm. because the reality, as much as we don't like it, there will be differences. It's and when there is that the difference, it's, we need to know how to navigate it to make sure that this friendship can continue and can grow. Because I had cases where I was like, T- complaining to my husband that this friendship needs to end. It's costing me. Yes, it is. This friendship is costing <laughs> I me. I know, those
1: very <laughs> Yes. <Yeah. laughs> 100% don't we all. Joey, you spoke to your kids. You asked them. We s- I, I, I mentioned to you, Charlene and I are going to have you on the show. We're gonna chat about the importance of multicultural friendships and part of the questioning is what is the reality among teens, among our younger children? We've spoken about younger children. You've got kids across the board yes. and you asked each one what were their responses?
2: I was you know, I was so surprised at ogis the teenager, his response. What he said he said that when he feels that when the kids are younger, the white kids. We were talking uh, he was referring to because in his school it was white and black kids. The white kids it seemed that it wasn't when he tried to play with them, even when we go out, it wasn't that easy for the kids to play with him because it seemed like they needed their parents to say yes. If their parents were not comfortable they wouldn't play. But now, as teens, he feels like because the kids feel like I've got authority, I'm able to decide who I want to play with. They are now playing more with them out of their own authority. So it's no longer about what are the parents saying, but it's about what are the kids saying. Mm. So it does show that parents have a huge influence. That's where the prejudice comes in. Yes. Parents have a huge influence on what the kids do and who do they choose to play with. I was I was really surprised at his answer because I thought it was going to be the other way around mm. because we, you know, the same way we were talking about that kids see no color. So you assume that when they are younger, that's where they will play with everyone. And when they are older, because now they've got all these beliefs, that's where they'll be like, no, yeah, it's the prejudice I'm speaking the language. Yeah, but he was saying, and which makes sense because teenagers... Especially these ones now, the 2000. Yeah, they are oh doing wow. their the own. work. Th- generation. <laughs> say we're millennials and then
0: there's Gen Z. What is this generation of people ah, called? They no, they're I doing said, I, their
2: own thing. Like, they are not. They are shaking things. They are asking the hard conversation. Like the hard question. I love it too. I love it too. Because for us, we were so safe. We didn't want Ooh, to ruffle we feathers. Even now. Step like, where where now? that yeah. us?
0: That is the exact thing we've discussed. The mm. not talking about things led to lack of education. Yes. Leads to inhibition and awkwardness
2: and not growing. Exactly. What about your nine-year-old? What did he say? So his guy, his best friend is white. Like, he loves, love, loves him. And funny enough, Tiamu is very sweet and very gentle. His tears are here. I always say that uh, uh, we can't be because <laughs> you will give him feedback. And we are not shouting. And already. I I, it, no, I'm not crying. I'm it, It's me in the feels, yeah. mom. Yeah. So. At first, when he started school, the teacher was saying that, oh, he's struggling to make friends, but you know what? With this age, he'll, he will eventually, he just needs one friend. So he has this friend, and they've been the best. When they separated, when they went to different grades, and they were crying, when they meet each other, the way they get excited, they're hugging each other. Oh. So he was saying to me that, no, ma'am, you know, for me, My friend is just, he's kind, mom, he's nice. And I asked him because the friend has a brother. So I'm like, so how is the brother? I don't know, mom. I don't don't talk to him. He's like, hi, hi. Then I go with my friend and we play. So like, okay. Because me, I agree we talk as parents. So me and my husband, we're talking about the brother. That he doesn't really greet people like he's not friendly standoffish
0: kind of yeah
2: you know and he's young maybe he's like 12 or 13 but then the young one he's with Tiamo they are affectionate and it was such an issue for me that do we allow him to be friends with this one or do we stop because how the brother looks or Mm.
0: It, because cause you, you, like you're just thinking, like, <laughs> what what is the household like? What are the, if this kid doesn't have manners to at least say hello or greet, what are the parents? What else is happening? Yes. Yeah. yes
2: And the mom is very, like, she's very nice. She will send messages. Can we please meet and see her more and what, what? Yeah, friendships are complicated. Kids' friendships Charlie. are complicated.
1: You're, you're, you're. So, okay. <laughs> I'm going to round off this discussion, but I think there's been there's we've had plenty food for thought yeah and, and there's a lot we're gonna, yeah, yeah. we're gonna keep chatting here but so our sponsor lego group um conducted new research um that about friendship and how kids see friendship which we'll be discussing over the course of the, the next three episodes but uh i want to focus on one and that's nine in ten kids so 93 percent of kids believe that it's good to have friends who can teach you different things. Oh wow. So that's it's obvious, guys, right? And then and ninety four percent of kids surveyed said that their friends make them happy. So friendships are a seminal part of humanity, mm. but of growing up especially. And it's about that it's about a feeling. It's about a feeling. So Be- what I wanna spitball some of the obvious things that we haven't stated because we're assuming a lot of things here. Why is it important for our kids to have multicultural friendships?
0: I want to tell a story about Natty once again. Uh, Joshua said to us just last week on the drive home, he was discussing with his dad, just being introspective as he, as he can be. He was like out of the blue. He says, dad, you know what? Do you know why I'm happier at this school? Nobody asked him whether he was happier or whether it's better or anything. His dad said, uh, tell me. I want to know. He said, because everyone is more like me. So, Rhett like, in what way are they more like you? Because if I look at you, my boy, you are very different mm-hmm. to your friends in the school. And this is, this is our, yeah. our text, our subtext or pretext or whatever you call it in our minds. And he says, I don't know. They're just... They're kind. Oh. And I was like, yeah, they make him feel comfortable because there's kindness. He he feels welcome because the feeling he gets is what makes him feel good.
2: That's amongst his friends.
0: And I was like, firstly, yay, my kid is great. (laughs) Secondly, thank God for these boys that he has befriended, Nati yeah. and Kosanati, yeah. and you know, I'm just I'm grateful for them because they're wholesome people and I cannot have wished for better for my boy,
2: you know I love that <laughs> that is so beautiful hey. so Jo, yeah. yeah, so besides teaching them teamwork, because the reality is that when they go out there they are going to meet diverse people in their workspace. You don't even choose. So from having multicultural friends, you start learning how to even do conflict resolution because Mm. you are different. Your Mm. worldview is different. Your daily realities is different Your frame
0: of reference is different And I can't necessarily relate to yours Because I've never lived it
2: Exactly So it also teaches them to be kind to other people That I don't really have to understand what you're going through But I can be there I can be able to support you To be open-minded We definitely need that For them to be open-minded For them to be leaders I love this one And sometimes we don't think about that because now having to manage all these different experiences, it takes leadership. It takes leadership abilities, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. having to understand to be in your world and come to this person's world and come back and still be yourself and still be able and not be threatened by why are you like this and understanding. So I will encourage parents to really consider it. If you are afraid do it for your child, you know. And also check, what are you really afraid of? Mm. Is it really true? Or these were lies that you were told as you were growing up. And I mm. these core beliefs, that Exa- are, they, are they truths?
0: Exactly. So just because that's what has been your reality for the longest time,
2: is that the reality, reality? Or is that just your reality? Exactly. And I think that's what I love about our kids because they challenge us to really go back and check if oh. you no know, they were lying it wasn't like that 100% you know? and also to see that what am i afraid of there's nothing to fear and i've been missing out on you know i've been learning so many things from different people i remember there's this one friend of ma- of mine from online she's indian and when she is sharing her experiences, I'm realizing that we were going through similar things, but I did not know because I thought that Diana she had it easier or it was better for her. But as she is sharing her journey, I'm like, sure. I've been missing out. Mm.
1: I love that because there's beauty in the sameness yes. of exactly. us as moms and parents and the universality of being a woman. Of in rowing the same boat. Yeah. Exactly. But there's... An equal abundance of beauty in our differences. Exactly. And we are missing out if we don't embrace that. And we need to teach our kids that.
0: 100%. A waitress said to me last week when my kids were just being complete hooligans in a restaurant. and. I was not complaining, but I was making commentary (laughs) about this is my life now, you know, this is how it goes and whatever. She just looked at me with such love in her eyes and she said, it rains everywhere, honey. (laughs) And I was like, that just resonated with me so much because we can all identify with a rainy day and it doesn't matter where you live where you come from who you are whether you're the queen of england or just little old me over here in south africa rain it will rain at some point or another (laughs) Exactly,
2: and i think that's what i love about having such conversations because you realize that i'm not alone Mm -hmm. other moms are going through this Other kids are also navigating, trying to find new friends. And knowing that, it encourages you that, okay, I've got this. I'm not that bad. (laughs) At least I'm somewhere. (laughs) Kids are the great equalizer, guys. They are. They do. (laughs) They They just cut
1: you down to size. (laughs) Joey, thank you so much for joining us on the
2: show. And, yeah, let's do more.
1: More, 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 more. Please
2: <laughs> it's it is my absolute pleasure this was so great thank you How about we keep talking? Guys, you know this.
0: If you want to chat with us, weigh in on something, swear, rant, cry, laugh, just rage. Hit us up on email, info at thegreatequalizer
1: at gmail.com. Or DM us a voice note on Instagram. Record one on your phone. Send it. When you're in the moment. And hit us up (laughs) over email again, info at thegreatequalizer.co.za.
0: Also, feel free to like and subscribe to our not so new anymore, but pretty new considering how old we are youtube channel what we're on youtube
1: (laughs) to our listeners and viewers your support is so important to us you have no idea every like every love every share every comment the screenshots that go back and forth between team tge with engagement just means so much to us yes you'll know this as an influencer you like that engagement because it means that you're hitting a spot Yes, yes. So yes. It goal. might
0: be a virtual engagement, but it is connection mm. still. So please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts as well or rate us on Facebook with uh, whatever your poison is. You can find us there and you can leave us a loving review. Yes. Please review us. Um, <laughs> except for on TikTok because we're not that woke yet. Know, are you on TikTok, Charlie? I'm on TikTok.
2: Oh, oh, wow! No, but it was by accident. Okay. <laughs> I, I was too... Doing TikTok, I was just sharing, I wanted to share places we go to, you know, because sometimes people want to travel, but you always feel like it's so expensive. So I will share where I went and it blew up just because of that. So wow, I will share wow. when I take my kids out, where do we go to so that more people can access it. Mm-hmm. And yes. I feel like for such a long time, it was like, these are not places for us. So finally. We can go there. And I want more people to go. So, yeah. TikTok. So, so you are TikTok.
1: Ac- accidentally um, on TikTok. Yeah, well, maybe we will find maybe we will accidentally <laughs> find ourselves on TikTok too. <laughs> but yeah, w- wherever you might be, uh, you know, browse around on TikTok. Maybe you find us <laughs> there. there. You know, <laughs> never. Um, <laughs> maybe. Wherever else, hit the subscribe button. Guys, every interaction um, brings one mom closer to sanity. Yes. 100%. The more we're seen and the more
0: people interact with us or you pass us on to other parents, the better this podcast will do and the better we can be for you.
1: And so that's it for this episode of The Great Equalizer. Joey Dlamini, you are doing an excellent job.
2: Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Charlene, you are doing it. Poop aside, poop and vomit <laughs> aside, you are doing a very good job,
0: Hey, friend. I have clean hair, so I must <laughs> be doing a great job. And so are you. You do not look like a wet dog, I despite being rained on this morning.
1: Despite it. Despite it. We're all doing an amazing clean. job. And listeners, viewers, so are you. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, keep, keep your, your mom, mom game, game strong. strong.
0: Shout out to our producers over at Autumn Aperture and Arch Studios, including our editor, Tyler McKenna, and sound engineer, Stephen Creel. Please review our show notes for more on today's topic and expert guest. And for more on The Great Equalizer, our website is always a good idea, www.thegreatequalizer.co.za, along with our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now YouTube. And of course, if you want to chat with Sam or Charlene directly, email us at info at the
1: We would love to hear from you.